Good afternoon. We want to take this opportunity to welcome our good friends, Mr. Isaac Kassin and Ruby Sheheba, who came to the Maori Yeshiva today to give words of wisdom and inspiration. Thank you, Sean. The rabbi, I mean, Isaac, we call him the rabbi, he gives us a lot of chizuk, has prepared something beautiful. However, Isaac, if I could just ask one thing. One of the boys asked me a question that's been bothering him before we even begin, that when he prays, he really doesn't feel like he's talking to anybody. He says, Rabbi, I prayed, I asked for the call, I didn't get it. I asked, I didn't get it. I wanted, and I don't feel like anyone's even there. So, how do we address, before we even begin, to know that there's really a creator up in the Shamayim, and he feels us and he hears us. And then we'll begin our Dinesh. Go ahead. Thank you, Rabbi. Um, Rabbi, is it okay if I address that within what yes. I'm going to speak about? Yes, Okay, so first of all, I want to thank everyone for uh, allowing me to speak. Um, I'm not a rabbi. I by no means have any qualifications beyond everyone else in this room to speak. I just, Baruch Hashem, Hashem gave me the koach to share some things that I've learned over the years. And, you know, I'm coming here really just to share things that helped me and that are helping me now and that I believe will help you at the stages of life that you're in. Uh, rabbi, I want to thank you for, for allowing me to do this. I love the rabbi. I don't have, you guys know more than me what you have here with the rabbi. The little interaction that I get to have with the rabbi, because I, unfortunately, I live in a different state. Uh, it's precious moments. The rabbi has such chen, and he brings such simcha to the heart, which, by the way, is one of the most important things in our religion, which we'll talk about also, which is happiness. And uh, you guys are very lucky, and I know it penetrates you guys, because I just shook most of your hands, and... You're all, you're all good people. Uh, I feel it, I see it, good people, happy people. You're all pure, you all want to do good in this world. You're all intending to do good and uh, it's beautiful, so thank you. Um, I, I divided up what I wanted to talk about into f- five pieces. Um, the first is emunah, the second is work-life balance, the third is loving every Jew, the fourth is dating and marriage, and the fifth is life in general. Self-esteem, things like that. I'm going to try to get through all of it with Hashem's help. I really hope I do because I believe that if we listen together and we, we, we concentrate together that we can take this with us for the rest of our lives. Um, so the first thing, uh, emunah. So right now, you guys are in high school. You're very lucky. You're protected, right? You're within the four walls of the yeshiva and there's nothing better than this. There's holiness in the walls. There's holiness in the ceiling and the floors. You're surrounded by rabbis, by sadiqim. You're constantly immersed in the Torah, in the mitzvot, in midot. So it's, it's very nice. And um, when you leave high school, when you leave the four walls, you start to enter a little bit more of real life. Now, when I say real life, I do not mean that this is not real life. This is actually real life. This is what life's supposed to be. This, Torah all day, every day, interacting with other Jews, Ahavat Israel, joy, somehow. This is real life. But when I say real life, I mean more reality from the standpoint that there is a reality out there. There is an existence out there that we have to deal with, that we have to contend with. And when we leave these four walls, you engage it, and sometimes it can be a little shell-shocking because it's unfortunately not uh, in the majority of the ideals of what we're learning in the Torah and the Mitzvot, right? There's a world out there of people with other cultures, other belief systems, other values, other ways of thinking, other ways of living, and our exposure to that can make it very challenging. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was Emunah because that is the root to everything. If you really think about it, the reason we learn Torah 
is to connect us to Hashem. Of course, it's to give us wisdom. Of course, it's to refine us, purify us. But the ultimate goal is devikut, is, is connection to Hashem, is a relationship with Hashem. If you think about prayer, of course, prayer does a lot for us as we pray, but the real goal of prayer is to connect us to Hashem. And lastly, the mitzvot, which we know also is very good for us and others, is ultimately to connect us to Hashem. And the importance of being connected to Hashem is that the world is, like I mentioned, a little confusing. The world is not rational. There's a lot of good things that happen to bad people and bad things that happen to good people. And a lot of times we can't understand what we're seeing and things happen in our lives that we can't understand with our eyes how it's for the best. And it requires emunah, which is above logic, above rationality, in order to get through it and thrive through it. We're not just looking to survive. The Jewish people always look to thrive. We look to be the best versions of ourselves, and we look to continue growing every day. So we need something that is superhuman to do so. And what is more superhuman than Hashem? Nothing. Hashem is perfect. Hashem is infinite. And what's beautiful is the promise that we have, Lekutei Etzot writes, and it's mentioned in Chovot Elevavot briefly, that the reward for having this blind faith of saying, Hashem, I believe in you, even though I don't understand. How could a person being sick be good? How can me struggling to make money be good? How can me struggling to find a wife who have children be good? Even though I don't understand it, I believe it must be for my best because it's coming from you. The reward for that is understanding. Hashem says, you know what, my child, you believe in me with such faith you believe in me, even though you might not feel it or understand it or see me, the reward for that will be, you will see me. Hashem will give you tastes of His glory where you will see Hashem in your life, you will feel Hashem in your life, and the reward for your blind faith through not understanding will be understanding. So that's, that's a very important thing to understand, is the same way you can't wait to go to the gym until you have muscle, you have to go to the gym to get muscle, it's the same thing here. You have to have the faith to receive the understanding. Similarly, you can't wait to make money before going into business. You have to go into business to make money. So in order to develop faith to a point where you see Hashem, you have to have the faith. And faith means no logic. Faith means I don't understand it. There's no security. It doesn't feel like it's there, but I believe it is because I'm told I need to believe. And going into the subsets that build into Emunah, Torah, I wanted to talk about how it purifies you, how it refines you. I don't have to. You guys are learning more than most people outside these four walls. You know what it does to you. It cleans your insides. It purifies you. It gives you wisdom. It's not like reading a secular book where you feel the humanity of it. You feel the author with his flaws and his beliefs and his opinions. And the Torah doesn't have any of that. The Torah is perfect. The Torah comes from Hashem. So I w I'm not going to talk too much on that because you guys know more than me how, how powerful the Torah is. Now, prayer... Prayer I could talk about a little more because the question that the rabbi posed is something very common. It's very difficult to pray. Uh, we're very distracted when we pray, and I'm talking tefillah at this point. When we're in the siddur, a lot of times it's rote. We either don't understand what we're saying or we do understand it, but we've said it so many times that it's just become words to us. And it's a shame because prayer is really the ultimate connection to Hashem. One of the mitzvot was to pray because Hashem understood that while the Torah, and I heard this from Rabbi Malka actually, while the Torah is a means for Hashem to speak to us, prayer is a means for us to speak to Hashem. And therefore it's important to pray. And because the Siddur was written by the Anshnei Knesset Gedolah, which by the way, they wrote it with such chokhmah and binah and dat and ruach kodesh, that, that it's good that we're using it. We also forgot how to speak to Hashem ourselves 
in our own language. We've got to connect to Hashem in our own way. Imagine if you, God willing, one day have many children and one of your little sons or daughters come up to you and, and start reading from a book that they bought on Amazon. Daddy, I love you. Daddy, I, I, I appreciate you. You're so great. Does that mean anything to you? Your son is reading from a book written by great people. Praises to you. Tani, tell me what's in your heart. You Now imagine the opposite. Imagine your daughter comes to you and says, Daddy, I, I want you to know I, I really appreciate the lollipop you gave me and, and you make me happy. And, 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 and this, they're mumbling. They, your heart melts for your child. You say, I, I love you. Come here. It's a, same thing with Hashem. We have to pray from the Siddur. We must. There's Kabbalistic intentions and things in it that we can't comprehend. They designed it in a way where it fights the Kiliput and goes right to the throne. However, we must conduct personal prayer. The Hasidim call it Hitbodedut. It's a private, quiet meditation. You go into a private room. You set aside time. You talk to Hashem. You talk to Hashem. And I use the analogy as a father because we can understand the compassion there. You can imagine a child coming to you, Dad, please. And by the way, what's beautiful is it has it, it could be simple. The Baal Shem Tov says, you don't have to be a big Kabbalist in order to reach high levels of Kedushah in prayer and connection to Hashem. In fact, he says, the prayer of the simple person is more powerful than the greatest Kabbalist. Why? Because the simple person is coming pure from the heart. If your child comes to you and is mumbling and stuttering, Daddy, I love you. Your heart melts. It doesn't have to be a sophisticated communication from your child to touch your heart. So Hashem just wants you to speak to Him. So you set aside time. You talk in your own language. You say, Hashem, I want to connect with you. I, w I need help with A, B, and C. I'm grateful for X, Y, and Z. I'm sorry for A, B, and C. And you just speak. You just communicate. And by the way, it increases the emunah because you're acknowledging through speaking. And by the way, it's best to speak out loud. If you can't, if it's hard at the beginning, then your head's fine. But it's good to speak out loud. Words have power, right? The creation was made through words. You, you're acknowledging there's a power above me that I need to speak to and communicate with that can gift to me. And that's Hashem. And although I said Father, Rabbi, Rabbi Arush recommends that we speak to Hashem as a friend. Because sometimes you hide things from your father. You know, you respect your father. You don't tell your father everything necessarily. Your friend, you tell everything. So talk to Hashem like your best friend. Hashem, I'm insecure about this. I need help with this. I don't know what to do about that. That is a great way to increase our emunah in Hashem. And uh, the Pasuk says that, you know, through doing that and through having this emunah, we will be able to live happy, healthy lives. We'll be united with Hashem. The Pasuk is something we say every day. with the guys Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. Listen, O people, the God of mercy and the God of judgment is one God of mercy, right? So we have to understand that we don't understand how it's the case, but as we increase our emunah, we will see how that is the case. So we can have our personal redemption if we learn to develop this belief. Uh, and then of course you have the mitzvot, which is very important because it's through action, it's through yidid that you develop sparks and that you develop a, a connection to Hashem. Uh, and, then, and then the last piece is, is purity. And, uh, and this is something that uh, is important for you to understand because as you leave high school, you're going to have a lot of temptation out there. Um, and the temptation is going to determine the way your life unfolds based on how you decide how to handle it. And, and I'll give you an example. The menorah in the Bet HaMikdash had how many candles? Seven, correct. And what determined the quality of the flame of the candle? The oil, correct. Uh, you could just call it out, by the way. And what type of oil did the Bet HaMikdash require? And what type? 
the purest. Why? Because the purer the oil, the more powerful the flame. The Bet HaMikdash was a holy place. It housed the Shekhinah. Therefore, the flame had to be perfect. Well, the holy books say that Yeneshama is like a flame. Yeneshama is like a fire. And similar to the Menorah, the Neshama's quality of, of the way it functions and the way you exist is determined by the oil of Yeneshama. So if the Menorah has seven candles, and if the Neshama is like the Menorah, what are the seven candles of the Neshama so that we can focus on making it as pure as possible, right? So that we can have a sharp Neshama and deal with the confusion out there. The answer is what the Kabbalah says, which is that the neshama is in your brain. The neshama is in your, in your, in your mind. It's in, there's, you, you mentioned to me that they say it's in your right eye, your good eye. It, it's in your head, the point is. The neshama is in your head. So what are the seven candles? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Your two eyes, your two nostrils, your two ears, your mouth, that equals seven. Those are the seven candles of the Neshma. What you put into those things will determine the quality and the power of your Neshama. If God forbid a person is looking at things forbidden to him. If God forbid a person is speaking Lashon Hara, listening to Rechilut, listening to all types of profanities, smelling the senses of th- the sense of things that we shouldn't be smelling. Is, 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 is using all these different sensories for bad, what's going to happen? Your neshama is going to be foggy. Your neshama is going to be clogged. You're not going to be able to see clearly. So when you pray, you might not feel Hashem so much. When you look out into the world, you might not see Hashem so much. And that's okay. That's okay. You chip away at it. You have an opportunity to say, Lashon Hara, you bite your tongue, you, you hold back. You have an opportunity to look at something, you look away. These little winds purify the oil in your neshama so you can see clearer. And then what happens over time, as you put good into these seven areas, like we said, the Torah, the mitzvot, the prayer, as you start cutting out the bed, what happens? All of a sudden, you look at the world, and you're like, oh my God, the world's different. You, you're looking at what you looked at yesterday, but it's completely different to you. And you start to see... And you start to see Hashem's hand and you start to, and that's when the emunah starts to grow. And the reason this is important is again, you're going to exit these walls and I am telling you, I am telling you, it is very hard out there. And guess what? If you go to Israel, it's over there too. Because there's a Yetzir Hara in the world and there's challenges in the world and you cannot just rely on your Torah. You cannot just rely on the eight or 12 or however many years you spent doing this. You have to purify and you have to strengthen yourself. And by the way, the prayer, whoever asked this question about the prayer is a genius because the prayer is so underrated and I, and, and I have proof for it. There is a concept in spirituality, that which holds the most resistance carries the greatest treasure, right? And by the way, this is in life. If a person has trouble waking up to go to shul and doesn't want to do it, you should probably do that. That's probably what's going to hold your greatest growth and your greatest revelation, right? If a person has trouble eating healthy, that's probably what you should be doing. The, ch- the greatest challenge you have is what holds your greatest, your greatest win. So why am I bringing that up? What is something that everybody struggles with from the most simple man to the greatest gallon of the generation? Prayer. Everyone relates to being at the Amidah and all of a sudden, I'm thinking about work tomorrow, I'm thinking about what happened yesterday, what my friend told me, what's going on with the, with the Jets. I, I'm saying, just your mind all of a sudden gets bombarded, you start thinking about your fears, your worries. It's very hard to have Kavanah. Why? Because the Yetzirah knows if this person connects, 
I'm in trouble. The Yitzhak in trouble. Because that's the ultimate connection to Hashem. That's what's lacking. There's people learning all day, every day. The Yitzhak says, I'll tell you what. I'm going to let the guy study Torah two, three, four, ten, however many hours a day. Well, I'm not going to bother him. And then I'm going to run the rest of his life. When he comes home, he'll fight with his wife. When he tries to pray, he'll think about other things. When he's dealing with an ethical issue, he'll struggle. He'll have anxiety, fear, worry, doubt, anger, irritability. Name all the bad midot. I'm going to let him learn all day. And I'm going to just control him the rest of the way. Because he's not, he's not praying. Because when, and when I say pray, forget the tefillah. Because you're going to do that, God willing. You got to talk to Hashem in your own words so Hashem can help you unpack what's inside of you. You'll realize flaws you had that you never knew you had. You'll realize strengths you have that you never realize you, realize you had. And you're going to realize you value things you never knew you valued. So all of a sudden you realize, oh, maybe I have arrogance. Maybe I lack emunah and I have fear and anxiety for that reason. Maybe I lack patience. Maybe, I'm, maybe I lack uh, humility. The point is, it's the personal prayer that's going to help you see what you can work on and purify and, and, and improve yourself. And everyone has their own version of it. You might say, I don't listen to garbage. I don't watch TV. I don't talk. You might say, my seven candles are pure. It's not true. Nobody's seven candles are 100% pure. I'll give you an example. For one person, it could be coffee addiction. It could be sugar addiction. It could be. It doesn't have to be shemirat enayim, shemirat oznayim, shemirat haberi. It doesn't have to be any of that. It could be something as simple as overindulging in food, where we're so. You have to figure out what it is for you through reflection and through prayer. But the point is, if if God willing, you strengthen that emunah, and and you start by saying, I believe, even though I don't feel, the clarity will come. And specifically with prayer, I'm going to acknowledge the question on prayer, and then I want to move on to the next subject, so I can cover what I want to cover. Here's the thing, you have to look at prayer as a means to create a vessel to receive, okay? A prayer isn't something that you type in on Amazon, you click it and it gets delivered. Prayer is a very, very powerful thing that has a way of working. When you pray to Hashem, you're creating a vessel to receive in the future. Now, you don't know what you're meant to receive. You might want something that Hashem knows is not best for you. Hashem knows what's best for you more than you know what's best for you. And Hashem wants what's best for you more than you want what's best for you. So it's important to know when you're praying that I'm not so sure what's going to come of this, but I'm doing it because I know it does good and it creates. Plus, let's say a person's earning money. He wants to buy a car. He earns $1,000, $2,000. He has $3,000. He worked for a year. He says, I'm going to go buy my car. He walks into BMW. He says, I worked for a year. Here's my $3,000. I'll take a car. They look at him and they say, you can't buy a car for $3,000. You need another 30000 Bless you. You need another 30000 40000 whatever. Same thing with prayer. You might say, I prayed a year and I didn't receive. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're praying for healthy children, parnasah, and chokhmah uh, binadat. It's not going to take a year. You, you got to pray more. Keep going. It requires more. The point is, we don't know. We don't know what's going to trigger the blessing. And no prayer goes unanswered, by the way. You might have a person that's praying to make a lot of money his whole life. And he doesn't make a dollar. But guess what? Those prayers go towards his son. He has a son. His son works. His son becomes wealthy. Does chesed, charity. Hashem knows where to put the prayers best. The same way when you give charity to an organization, sometimes the charity decides, okay, we need this money for the, for the poor this month. Oh, we need the, the charity for uh, the, the sick this month. They, they know where the dollars need to go. I mean, they're in the trenches of, of, of who needs help. 
Same thing with Hashem. You're praying for something. Hashem says, these are beautiful prayers. I'm going to put it towards his children. I'm going to put it towards his parents. This person's sick. I'm going to put... It's, Hashem is, is, is distributing your prayers strategically. So you got to have emunah when you're praying that. I might not understand. I don't know where it's going, but... But it's, it's, it's there and it's working and Hashem will, will give you the understanding. So I, we have an option. I could either keep running through and then questions at the end or we could ask questions subject per subject. How do you guys want to do it? It's up to you. Mm, keep going through it. Yeah, keep keep ripping. Okay. Oh, I'll tell you one question that one of the boys asked me because he was praying for money after he left high school and he really wanted to get that car and praying and praying and he didn't get answered. And he fell down. He's like, I understand. If you love me, why don't you answer me? Give me that call. All my friends have a car. I just want to get a car. And I was trying to tell him that sometimes you pray for something. Let's say my 12-year-old says, Dad, I'm begging you. I want to drive. He's begging me all that drive. <laughs> I want you to drive, but you're not ready to receive that. You're not ready to drive yet because you don't have your license. You're not of age. So sometimes the money comes to the kid at 17, 18. We watched a nice car come, and now all the trouble starts. She says, honey, I know better. Keep praying. I'm not, not answering you. People think they get dejected. I didn't get answered. I says, I'm not not answering you. I'm just telling you it's not good for you yet. And then that's what Isaac said. If it's good for you, you'll get it later on. I know a guy who prayed, prayed by 40. became very, very successful, very wealthy. All this tiffy low because he was ready to receive it. So if you could just elaborate a little more on the boys love learning mitzvot Torah, but they also like help. They also like to make money, right? You guys, you can be honest with him, he's friends. But what do you guys like? Money. It was the phone plan. The phone deal, right? So, is there a way that their prayers can get more answered? Like, how can they build themselves vessels to receive better at their age? Well said. So, so, so 100%, right? Uh, King Solomon says that uh, money can be a, a punishment for someone. It can be a curse, right? And Chavot HaLevavot writes that money can actually destroy a person so 100% the rabbi I mean you can't receive something you're not ready to receive if the child wants to cross the street at three it would be irresponsible for the parent to allow them to do so so the question becomes how can you make yourself ready right how can you put yourself in a position where you are ready through prayer and there are different ways you can communicate to Hashem you can say Hashem please help me become the person I need to become Help me say the things I need to say. Think the way I need to think. Help me be the way I need to be in order to be ready to receive money. Help me become the person I need to, to become that where money will be good for me. That money will help me serve you. That money will help me fulfill your will. That money will help me do mitzvot better. Learn Torah better. When you tie the physical to the spiritual, it makes that physical a vessel available to receive. If a person just wants money to spend it on physical, then Hashem is sparing you by not giving it to you. You have to become the person that is available to receive money in a way that will bring goodness to you, your life, and the people around you. And it starts with prayer. Why? Because if you're not that person, prayer will get you there. Hashem will answer your prayers in that way by turning you into the person you need to become that is then capable of achieving what he needs to achieve to make money and capable of receiving what he needs to receive in order to make money. You see the difference? One prayer is you're praying for money. One prayer is you're praying to become the person that is meriting of making money. So it's a very big difference. One is, one is, a, is, a, is a tangible, um, uh, non-reusable, unsustainable source 
that's not spiritual, and one is an investment in yourself, which will only improve your service to Hashem and incentivize, and I don't like using this word because I, you can't, it's not incentivizing Hashem, it's more, it, 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 it triggers Hashem to want to give it to you because Hashem knows you're going to use this to fulfill His will and serve Him. It's doing it in holiness. And by the way, that was the perfect transition because my next topic was work-life balance. And I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a fight within you as you leave these walls in each direction. There's going to be days where all you want to do is work, 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 make money, become a billionaire. And then there's going to be days where all you want to do is learn Torah and you don't want to work. You're not feeling motivated. You're not feeling committed. You want to do things that are more meaningful. And you're going to have to, you're going to, have to manage that balance. Um, and there's two ways to manage it. And, and I want to make sure that I touch on both because now that you mentioned the desire for money, that's a different direction than, than what I was going to talk about here. So we can talk about first the, the, the desire for money because we're on the subject. Why do you want to make money? If you want to make money so that you can afford to do the mitzvot at the most extreme, best possible level. If you want to make money so you can have a big family that you raise in Derev in the ways of Hashem, in the ways of the Torah, and afford bar mitzvahs and weddings and bruises. If you want to make money so you can give charity to all types of organizations and support Torah and support sick people and support poor people and do chesed, right? Where your money is sort of making money for you so you can spend time on, on non-profit things and helping people in community service. If you want to make money so that you improve your midot through doing so, because when you work, it's very hard. It's not like the movies. Work is, is very hard and it tests you and it's a spiritual battleground, which I'm going to talk about next. But my point is, if your intentions to make money are pure, you will make money. Hashem, Hashem will give it to you if you do Yishtadlut. But what's the most important piece beyond the Yishtadlut, obviously? The Bitahon. You have to understand it is all coming from Hashem. It's not your wisdom. It's not your sales techniques. It's not your communication skills. I work with people who didn't graduate high school and they're making more money than Harvard graduates. It's all about where Hashem is channeling the money based on the person. It's not, it's not physical. It's not the wisdom. It's Hashem. So when you rely on Hashem and you know that, Two things happen. One is you're triggering the spirituality of Hashem wanting to give it to you because, wow, my son trusts me here. But most importantly, it clears your head. So what happens? The parts of Ishtadlut that you do have to put, you clear. I'm not worried about the buyer. I'm not worried about the factory. I'm not worried about the licensor. I'm not worried about the this, that, because I know it's all in Hashem's hand. What am I worried about? My Ishtadlut. Therefore, you're clear. You're focused. You're making the right decisions. You're working efficiently. You're working hard. If you don't have Emunah Bitahon, you know what's going to happen? You're going to work 24 hours a day. You'll make a lot of money, God willing. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy. You're not. How do you build up your Emunah Bitahon? Tell them personally, you, you've gone through life, things are rough, things are not easy. Can you explain to them that what, 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 what bothers you? Nah, uh, I feel like nothing has moved. Nothing what? How, how do I know God's really there and doing my best interest? And everything that he does is really for the best for me. Because he knows it because I'm living my life and everything just looks bad, 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 bad. Personally, life really someone good, 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 suffering good, 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 good. in the family, this is sickness. Like a real sick, I'm not talking about real stuff. So for him, his emunah is really tested. Yeah, rabbis have told me that it's good, but how do I feel good? That's your question, right? Okay, first of all, a few things. First of all, it's okay to feel the way you feel. 
it's normal. I would say most of the world feels the way you feel. You're not alone. Well, how do we, what do we? So King David writes sort of that if, 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 you, if, you, if you come forward a little bit, if you just reach out your hand a little, Hashem will take you and, and, and guide you, right? He says that if you trust in Hashem 50%, He will manage 50% of your life and leave the other 50 up to randomness until you're ready for 60 and then slowly. So inch your way there. I would personally start my opinion with two things. One, constantly tell yourself, and we're not. I don't understand. I, I'll tell you what I did. And I'm not getting into details. I went through some health challenges for about 12 to 15 years. It was very difficult. I was young. I was confused. It, it resulted in a lot of this also, like confusion and challenges and whatever. And thank God over time, through the suffering, I got different levels of trust and faith in myself before. And then, but the point is, I got to a point where I learned about the Simona stuff, but I was in you. I was like, but how? I don't understand it. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna make a deal with Hashem. I went outside, I looked up at the sky, and I said, and I really, I don't tell, this is the second time I'm sharing this with anybody. So Hashem, I'm gonna give it 90 days. Ninth, the next 90 days, all I'm gonna do, no matter what happens, struggle in health, struggle in business, struggle with my marriage, struggle, doesn't matter what. I miss, I miss my flight, even little things. I, I, I hurt, stub my toe. For 90 days, I'm just gonna say, Emuna. And when my Yetzirah tries to, it worked, you're terrible, you're not meant for Emunah. I said, I'm just going to try this for 90 days. Where no matter what, I'm going to say Emunah. And I'm just going to, even if I don't believe it in my heart, I'm just going to, Emunah, 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 Emunah. And I said, I'm going to do it. And by the way, 10 minutes later, I was tested. I almost, I was like, Emunah. And it was very hard at the beginning because you're wired to not think this way. So you have to rewire yourself. I lost track of the 90 days. I lost track. Because, because you just... You, over time, you're rewiring. So, so what are you doing? You're already starting to now, we have to undo the way you're currently thinking. You have to undo it. You can't, it's like a garden, right? If you have a beautiful, gorgeous garden, if there's weeds growing, no matter how many seeds you plant, all the fruit and vegetables and, and flowers are gonna die. You have to pluck the weeds out first. You have to rip out the weeds, make sure it's, and then put, so the Yetzirah right now, the Yetzirah wants four things, okay? It wants you to do bad and not do good. That's like we learned in fifth grade. Eat the milk after the meat and don't go to shul, right? That's the answer. The second level is, it, after it gets you to do what it wants to make you depressed, you're nothing, you're a nobody, you're this, you're that. After that, let's say you master that. Nine out of 10 times you're good. The, the one time you fall, you do teshubah, you get over it, it flips it. Makes you arrogant. You're amazing. Look at you. You're sadiq. You're better than everybody because arrogance, right? Hashem's gone in a person's life through arrogance. And then the fourth is when he gets you to fall, he goes the other way. You're an imposter. You're a fake. You're not really at your level. The Yitzhak wants you to feel turbulence and not feel good. The Yitzhak wants you to be confused. So at the beginning, it's hard. But try that. That's number one. And number two, and this is the first thing I recommend to everybody when they ask me, where do I start? Personal prayer. I mean, I would say Torah, but you guys are doing personal prayer. It, 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 it's... What you should do is sit in a room, say, Hashem, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know if you, I don't know if I believe you listen. I want to believe you're listening. Everybody tells me you're here. Everyone says it. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't, I'm confused. I'm just trying it. And I'm just coming here. I'm spending this time with you. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest. I'm a little confused. 
I, I would appreciate if you helped me see you a little, if you helped me see the light a little bit. Help me, help me believe and see how everything's for my best. Help me, help me understand how you only do good because right now, I don't understand it. And I'm sorry, I, I just don't. So, so, so please, y- do something for me. And, 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 and I'm not saying I deserve this. Who am I to ask something of you? If you even are, if you are as great as I'm hearing, who am I to ask this of you? So in your mercy, that everyone says you're merciful, you're compassionate. So in your mercy, in your generosity, in your love, give me a free gift. Give me a free gift. In, in, in the merit of my forefathers who are holy, in the merit of the holy Sadiqim, help me. I'm in pain. And, and, and if you do that, and you start two minutes a day, five minutes, and you just, and again, you're going to feel zippo. Yeah, but it's like you said, you ask God, and 10 minutes later, you had another challenge. That's testing. So say you ask for something, it's just challenge after challenge after challenge after challenge. How do you, when you first start off, it's first 10 minutes you're having challenges. How I'll tell you, you what. Hashem is answering your prayers through the challenges. What does that mean? I was saying, I want to grow my emunah, Hashem. I'm going to grow it. Okay, how does a person grow his emunah? By, by, by being challenged and having to strengthen his emunah. Why do you have 10 increasing tests? Because he had to... So Hashem's saying, okay, he's praying to have more emunah. So I got to send him a test that's going to test his emunah that if he passes, he will have more emunah. It's like there's a classic story. I knew this woman. She was praying to Hashem, I want to have a lot of children. I want to have six kids, eight kids. I want to have a lot of children. So please, Hashem, help my children be easy. Let it be that I, that I am capable of raising a lot of children. Please. What Hashem do? This woman, her first baby, very difficult. Hashem, I asked for... No, no, no. Opposite. Because you want to become the person that's capable of raising many children, because you need to develop the skills, talents, and abilities necessary to be that person, Hashem's sending you a child that once you overcome this, you're not that person. So, so, so the challenges are the answers to the prayer. Now, you might say, that I don't want to pray because I don't want the challenges. So that's what you need there. You, you can't be afraid. Bravery is not... Lacking fear. Bravery is facing the fear regardless of having the fear. You understand? So the discomfort's okay. I'll give you one more example. I know how, did, how did we say it in one line? What's in your way is your way. The obstacle is the way. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's a little like this. What's in your way is your way. That's the pain is the gain. So that's why you're going to get challenged. Especially you because you're a chacha. No, yeah. no, by the way, you have to understand what you have in front of you is very painful, okay? There's sufferings of the... But if you, if you do what I'm saying, and it's not me, it's... it's, it's you'll be greater than, than, than everyone you know because that's the... That's, Hashem's, he's saying overcome this. You're going to become a beast. You're going to be a savage. You're going to be somebody that can't be stopped. You're going to be bulletproof. Literally. And by the way, how old are you? Okay, let me tell you something. When you're 30, this is going to mean nothing. God willing, you can live to 120. You you forget, you have to understand. I mean, it's almost like, like dating and marriage. My father-in-law, God bless him, got married at 31. It's late, right? He has 18 grandchildren right now. Wow. He's the same age as my father who got married at 21. There's no such thing as uh, too late. I'm bad at years. I'm killing time. Just do the right thing, and I'm telling you, this stuff's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna transform your life. And one more example, because I remember this one. Someone was telling me they want to get over the fear of embarrassment. They want, they want to not care what people think. I'm not exaggerating. Two days later, 
by mistake, their friends, his friends made like a, a shared stream for his birthday. He wanted to have like pictures, funny pictures, embarrassing with his family. He's like, ah. Hashem's answering his prayers. <laughs> Keep it deep. Inhale, breathe, relax. And you become bulletproof. You can walk into a room, you don't care. So my point is, you don't even know how your prayers are being answered. That's the second answer. You don't, you might not, your prayers are getting answered, you might not even realize it. Like, you might not even realize, you know what it's like? It's almost like if you put your destination on ways, and you're like, why is it taking me this way? I'm a, I go, you're supposed to go this way. I, I, I'm trying to go this way. I'm asking it to take me here and it's taking me this way. It's supposed to go that way. knows what it's doing, right? It's taking you maybe a better route to get you to your destination. It's the same thing and it takes faith because guess what? You're gonna be, te- you're, not gonna see, you're not gonna see it. You're not gonna see it. But if you chip away on the two things, I'm gonna train yourself and, and, and the personal prayer, I think that's a big key. And also gratitude. And I'm not talking about gratitude, like thank you for my life. Like, like really, really ponder the fact that like you can, you can drink water, enjoy the flavor, the taste, the feeling of it, derive nourishment from it, and that your body can distribute it to all the places it needs to go. And, that, and that's just water, by the way. And for the record, I don't know if you know this, you, you 300 billion cells die a day in your body. But it's okay because you get 300 trillion a month or a year off that number. No, 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 no. It, it's a mirror. When you really think you appreciate life, you, like you look outside, you, pre- you realize you're a walking, living miracle. Everything so- suddenly becomes more manageable because I'm lucky. I, I can't believe I'm even functioning. I can't believe it. You have your halakhat yesterday? Yeah, 12 o'clock. What time? 12? I'm going to review with you the halakhat at like 10 to 12. So, Robert, you tell me what. So, 10 to 12. We've okay. got another 20 minutes. Perfect. Okay. So, so, I'll try to get a few more in quick that I just think is important. Um, this, this you guys probably have, which is, which is Ahavat Yisrael, really love every joke. You know, it's very easy to feel that you're better than someone just because as you go out there in life, you're going to see all types of things. Just remember that every Jew is uh, holy, every Jew is pure, you have to love every Jew. Um, and Hashem appreciates the simplicity of, 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 of a lot of these Jews, right? They might not be immersed in the Talmud or the Humash like you guys are every day, but they have something, they have something to offer. And, Every Jew holds the spark of uh, the spark of Hashem, and you should mirror that on yourself. You see, Rabbi Nachman says, I love this quote. He says, a person's birthday is the day that Hashem decided the world cannot exist without this person. Think about that. The day Hashem created this person who was born is the day Hashem decided the world cannot be cannot go on without this person. Wow. Which means, yeah, because otherwise, why did He create you? Hashem doesn't just create things for nothing. The world can't exist without you starting on, bless, bless you, Sorry. That, that means it's true. That's starting, starting, that's what my mother used to say. Starting on, on that day. That day, the guy was born, the world needed him. So what's my point? Be proud of yourself. Yeah, everyone has flaws and weaknesses, which by the way, I don't even like using those words because they're not. It's tikkun, it's things to get you to be better, but I'm just saying it because I'm trying to say it in a human level, like when we know, okay, it's things we're not so thrilled about that we have that we want to improve. But the point is, we have to love ourselves, and we have to be ourselves, because we're doing a disservice to Hashem, who created us a specific way for a specific reason and a specific purpose, right? Our natural talent, skills, and abilities were given to us for a very specific reason for us to be able to contribute what we need to contribute. And number two, you do a disservice to, uh, of course, yourself, because you're not going to achieve what you meant to achieve if you don't be yourself, but also the people you're around. See, if, if you, when you're, when, there's going to come a time when you guys got a date, when you guys got to find the God-willing spouse, as you right? If you, what? Okay. <laughs> there's, there's two. <laughs> no, but, what I, but, but what I want to say is, there's two ways to, to find your spouse, and one's better than the other. One is to chase, and one is to attract. You don't want to chase because when you chase, you might catch something that you know that's not best for you. Now, of course, 
we all know, and we're not ultimately what you end up with. Hashem doesn't make mistakes, right? You're going to end up what's best for you. But what I'm trying to say is, if you focus on yourself, refining yourself, doing all the things we spoke about. How do you know gonna, Hashem sends you the right, the, the right one? Hashem doesn't make mistakes. And also, you attract it. You have to realize when you refine yourself, energy. So spirituality, so you know how they say like, like when miracles happen, right? The naked eye, and by the way, we're talking, and this is now assuming the person's okay with that fact. Oh, there's miracles, you know, because we got so used to things we see every day. You said this, I love this. Yes, Can yes. you say it quick, the, the sound bite about how, how uh, something that happens often, you right. become so used to it, you, you, you don't realize it's a miracle because you just see, right. like, just say that's peace to fill in the... So what is nature? Everything we experience every day, the sun comes up, goes down, the, everything in nature is miracles. People being born every single day, Baruch Hashem, is miracles, but it happens with, it has a repetitive nature, so we get used to it. It's just heke, every single day, what's so special? But that's no different. It's no more logical than miracles, nature. Now, why am I saying what point? Is imagine someone popped out of the grave tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, is it together? Oh, I have a proof. How about let me get even better? Let's say Jews in the desert 40 years, man was coming down from the sky. But what about a son that was born in year 20 of the man coming from the sky? He thinks that's. Wow, that's genius. He thinks that's nature. He speaks in code. You gotta pick it up. Ah, Let's say the Jews in the desert, a kid was born in year 20. So for 20 years, he's watching the man come down. To him, it's a miracle of nature. His parents were seeing it come down for to 20 him years, something new. But that's crazy, bread coming from the sky. But they, but they, they were born with it, so to right. them it's... Imagine they go to the cemetery, and all of a sudden a rabbi goes, hey, <laughs> All of a sudden the guy pops out of the grave, legit. The guy comes walking out, how you guys doing? Imagine, what would be that second? All the newscasts and the rest, I'll do it again, no problem. How many newscasts all over? Does that go viral all over YouTube? Or Mac. Or Mac, it pops up. Let's say they announced. I was thinking of a knock story about the marker. All right, come inside. So let's say say they suddenly announce today is the beginning of Tchiat Ametim. Guys, it's a new phenomenon. Same way a baby's born, out of nothing. By the way, uh, a baby born out of nothing is a bigger miracle than someone coming out of the ground out of something. Okay. What's bigger? So say, something say from nothing again, or nothing so from nothing. Right. So what's going to happen? As it happens every day, CNN is going to stop filming Fox. By the end of three, four years, Haji, okay, that's a new phenomenon. So what Ruby and Isaac are saying is that the man came down. Yeah. It was a miracle, bread falling. It's crazy. But when you saw it every day, a kid who was born into it didn't think it was a miracle anymore. I thought it was natural. That's what you're saying. Every time you, you know swallow, different. every time so you look, you learn miracles 24-7. So, so, yeah, so, so why am I connecting it to the right. dating and marriage? Because Havot Lavot writes that Hashem performs these things through cause and effect. And there's actual energies and forces that are causing these things to happen. So what am I trying to say? When you meet a woman or your spouse, it's not random. There is spiritual energies and forces that are making it happen. So when you refine yourself in all these ways, you're going to attract literally, energetically, spiritually, what's best for you. So when you say, how does Hashem know? That? It's because you're... Because but how do you know Hashem is the one that, that, that's choosing this one for you and not another person? Like, you don't speak to Hashem on a day-to-day basis. Oh, is this one for me? Oh, it's that one? No, you don't know. So like, when do you know which one's the right one? Well, well... There's a few ways. Number one is, is are you the best version of yourself or close to it? So I'll give you an example. I had a friend where he was uh, unfortunately going through a dark time, smoking cigarettes, eating non-kosher meat. I mean, and he was dating a girl. And he asked me, how do I know she's not my nasi? How do I know she's not the one? 
I said, look in the mirror. Uh, does, she make, <laughs> does she make you be a better person? Does she make you want to be a better person? Does she at least inspire you to change something? She's not the reason I'm doing it. Okay, but, 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 are, you, but are you improving from? So like, there's telltale signs. It's like, A, are you having a good time with this person? If you're having fun, just keep dating. That's what, you don't have to overthink. Is my grandma going to like her? Does she, what shul does she go? Okay, are you, first of all, you're having a good time. You like spending time with her. That's number one. If you're having a good time, just keep going. Number two, how does she make you feel? Does she make you want to be good? Does she make you want to whatever? How, how's the connection? And then number three, are you in a state to make that decision? The seven candles. These people that are going to parties, pitch black, drunk, exhausted, eating, dancing, sweating, they, they can't see straight. You're not in a great state of mind yeah. to know if you... But if you're doing the right things, you're refining yourself, you're talking a little Tashem, you're doing... You're doing... It, it, you, you just, it's a system. It's like, well, how do I know gravity? It's just, how do I know the sun's gonna rise? It's just, it's, it's A plus B equals C. That's just what it is. Isaac, what he's telling you, Abraham, is that Isaac is saying for you for the next few years, instead of chasing, become the best who you could be. Because you'll attract who you are. And you'll attract to you the best girl. And that's the one that I shout yeah. out. If you're on you. level five, you're gonna attract a level five woman. Right. You're gonna chase that level five woman, even. Right. Love you're it. at a level Love 10. It. This is this also, Here, let's say this one. is the difference. You're gonna get a girl from five up. You're attracting. From five up, you're attracting. From five below, you're chasing. Here, let's say it's the equilibrium, but you know what I mean. At ten, you're attracting a ten. At zero, you're chasing a zero. Wow. And like the rabbi just said, it applies to all of life. You can either chase money or you could attract money, right? It's like all the different things we said before. Now, how do you attract money if you can't? You gotta chase for. You gotta open up your business. You gotta build a vessel to. to Correct. But that's just that dude of building vessels. That's not you chasing it. Chasing it would mean blindly running after it in a way that's you just try. You just, meaning I'm just trying to get. I'm get, 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 get. It's all about getting, getting. Building is different. If you're trying to build, that's very different. Sure. I want to call time and make an example. Go ahead. The theme of this month is Nisan. The Jews got out of Egypt because they displayed self-sacrifice in simple terms. You know the Hebrew terms? You guys in the Ma'or Yeshiva? Mesirut Nefesh. When you sacrifice your own will for Hashem's will, He'll sacrifice others' wills for your will. He'll alleviate your burden. In dating and marriage, you alleviate your wife's burden, He'll make your parnasah come quick. Yeah, but sometimes you'll be like... Okay, I'm gonna sacrifice. No, honey, faith, faith. <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna see it right away, like Isaac said. Well, what were you gonna you say? Know, what were you gonna say? I was, I was gonna <laughs> say like, I was like, <laughs> sometimes like, you you do sacrifice. Okay, I'm not gonna look at the billboard in New York. I'm not gonna look at this. I'm not gonna do this. I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice so many times, and then you see like, I'm not really getting results. But you know, I'll do it again. Uh, I'll do it again. I'll sacrifice more and more and more. I'm not getting the results and like it demotivates you but at the same time it's motivating you to become more and more but at some point how many times can you keep saying like let me let me let me let me guard my eyes let me let me let me be the best I can but I'm not getting anything in return I'm sacrificing so much for you so I'll give you an example Abraham Avinu what was so amazing about the whole situation with the fire when they lifted him up to throw him into the fire sacrifice himself it's, it's not that he had faith that he would be saved. It's that he was willing to just, whatever's gonna happen, gonna happen. No, no, meaning I'm not expecting a result, I'm not expecting, but, but, but I'll give an example with me. I, uh, there was a situation where I, so I have a rule in business, if I reach out to buyers, 
three times and they reject me all three, I, um, I back off. Three strikes, yeah. Okay, so I do wholesale. I'm an importer. I sell home consumer products, kitchen textiles. I sell things that you see in your house. Um, and it's very, very complicated and it's dog eat dog world and they operate at different rules. They operate at different, like I'm talking about Quran, it's more ethics, they, they don't they have none of that. So it's very challenging. But what I'm trying to say is when I reach out to a buyer, if I offer them something and they reject me, I'll say, oh, what about this? You know, I'll take a different angle. If they reject me three times, I back off. I don't be too pushy. I'll never forget this. There was a time during COVID, I reached out to a couple of buyers, two buyers responded to me, no, not interested. Okay, what about that? No, not interested. Okay, what about that? No, not interested. Would you say that's Hishtadut? That's chasing? Would you say so? Yeah. Three times? Yeah, three times. I said, Hashem, this is what's meant to be. This is what's best for me. Okay, I don't understand it. It's perfect for them. Okay. Two days later, asked my wife, my witness, same morning, same hour, both the buyers from two different retailers at the same time reached back out. Please send me samples. We're interested. What? All of a sudden, they woke up and they, Hashem... This is what it means when it says Hashem hardened Paro's heart. Exactly. So, so you felt it? You felt it? Yeah, so you you got an outcome on, on saying, okay, Hashem, I trust you, I believe in you, but wait, sometimes wait, people because, like Wait, 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 hold on. You see these two you see these you, you see this two you see this successful story, these two stories? Yeah, I see it. The other ninety-eight never came back. But I did the same thing. What do you mean the other ninety-eight didn't the come other back? The other ninety-eight times I, I said yeah. Hashem, it's meant to be, I'll get and they didn't come back. I didn't get an order. Yeah. I'm telling you the two times. See, here's the problem with these Emunah books. Not a problem, God forbid. Here's the thing with Emunah books. It's all the stories that worked out. The guy got on the plane and then he missed it and then the World Trade Center. Can I tell you something? Even if he missed it and it was the World Trade Center, it's good. But why? What happened? I wasn't safe from anything. I wasn't. The guys, the guys on the plane actually happened to get off the plane and they bumped into uh, LeBron James and they all got autographed. I was like, it doesn't matter. Now, you're hearing the nice stories because it gives you hizuk, but it could discourage a person because he might not see those salvations as much and as quickly in his life. You have to understand it's, it's, it's slow and, and, and you have to really, like you said, surrender the outcome. And then you'll slowly see it. I guarantee you'll yeah. see the time. Uh, like, listen, I I just, I, I, two buyers at the end, they both bought, right? Yeah. It's a good man. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, it happened because Hashem is showing him he's winking. He doesn't answer you every time. That's the most important thing. You don't want him to answer you every time. How are you going to declare your faith if you get answered instantly? So why do you pray to him every day? Yeah. So why do you pray to him every day? Well, well, well. First of all, he 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 does answer. It's just we might not understand how he's answering or where he's answering or when he's answering. But you pray to connect. Why do you talk to your parents every day? Is it, to, is, is it so that they just give you things every time you ask for something? No, you, you talk to your parents because the, that connection with them greatly impacts and improves the quality of your life. You have a choice. Let me tell you something. Uh, the quality of life of a person, you know what it's like? It's like a five-year-old kid who says, I don't, I don't care about my parents. I don't need my parents. I'm gonna go out into the world and I'm gonna, he's gonna have a significantly worse life than the five-year-old who says, I love my parents. I'm gonna live under their, 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 their four walls. They'll provide for me. And over time, I'll see what they're giving me and how I can use it to grow myself. So my point is, you, you, praying to Hashem is not, is not coming to request for things. And by the way, if it is, we're in trouble. I'll tell you why. Imagine you in shul. Hashem, I want health. I want wealth. I went. Do you see the nickname last night, by the way? It's unbelievable. Oh, oh Hashem, uh, heal me. Give me things. Oh, by the way, you want to go for dinner tomorrow? I'm saying, if it was truly to ask, we're all in trouble. Hashem just likes seeing that you're trying to communicate. When, when a little child comes to their parent, Daddy, I, it melts his heart. So Hashem just, want, Hashem just wants to talk to you. Hashem just wants that connection. And then Hashem in his great infinite wisdom will determine what is best for you at what time and in which way to give it to you. And I think that was really the point 
the point of what we're doing. But I know we're tight on time, so I just want to conclude with one last thing. And it's the concept of hishtadlut. And the reason I'm saying this is because 90% of this class, as you know, is emunah and bidachon. But I understand how in the practical world, the greatest question is always free will hishtadlut. So I'm going to say this. You have to do... You have to do what you have to do to keep things going. So what does that mean? When I was getting married, when I was on the path to marriage, people loved telling me, enjoy this stage because the butterflies go away. It gets boring. Enjoy the honeymoon stage. And it always bothered me. I'm like, what does that mean, enjoy the honeymoon stage? What does that mean the butterflies go away? Why should they go yeah, away? Right? Everyone loves it. You know what I realized? The people who were telling me that the honeymoon stage goes away, that the butterflies go away, are people who stopped doing the things that created the butterflies. They stopped doing the things that they were doing during the honeymoon stage. If you're making money and you stop going to work, the money's gonna stop. If you're in the gym building muscle, if you stop going to the gym, you lose your muscle. Same thing with marriage and relationships. If you stop giving the love notes, praising your spouse, thanking your spouse, doing the things that create that love, that connection, that communication, that unity, it's gonna go away. So these people, unfortunately, let the years go by where they stop doing. So why am I telling you that? Same thing with spirituality. That's why you still pray, no matter what. That's why you still learn Torah. That's why, because if you stop doing those things, you're stopping the vessels from being built to receive that which you want to receive and achieve that which you want to achieve. And and when you struggle to keep it going, it, it, it's precious to Hashem. When I wake up, if I I don't unfortunately the one thing I don't do much of is sleep. If I wake up and I'm exhausted. Literally, as I'm putting on my pants and my shirt and my socks to go to work, I'm thinking, Hashem, I'm doing this for you. This discomfort and this tiredness is for you so I can go to work, so I can make money, so I can support my family, so that I can then spend other time Torah and other, and I can pay for my mitzvot, and so I can raise my children and have many children and afford bar mitzvahs and afford weddings, and so I can do good with my money and chesed, blah, blah, blah. And, 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 I'm uncom- and again, the uncomfortable, the discomfort, I'm dedicating to Hashem. Like, you can do that. You can say, Hashem, I'm in pain, it's for you. Dedicate everything to Hashem, and then every, and then Hashem will give you everything. You want everything, you know. You know how you, you know how a person can receive everything. And now it says about the avot that they were given everything. It's when you use everything Hashem gave you to serve Him and fulfill His will. Why? How else are you going to give back to Hashem? Hashem gives you. Think about what we said about breath. The fact that you could drink water feels nice, feels derived nourishment, goes to all the right. How, how could you pay Hashem back for that? Could you pay Hashem back for everything He gives you? The miracles of parnasah, of the health, of wealth, of meeting your spouse. You know how you do it? By dedicating all those things to him. That's how you give everything to Hashem. Hashem, give me everything so I can then take everything you gave me and use it to serve you and give back to you. So I'm going to end with that. Everything in your life, and that goes back to the money we spoke about before, about business. If you use the money you earn and the business you have to serve Hashem, it becomes holy. So, So my message is this. Believe in yourselves. Believe in Hashem and take everything you have and think of how you can use it spiritually to make you a better person, the people around you better people, and the world a better place. Amen. And before I end, I want to bless all of us. And I want to bless all of us with, with first of all, simha, with joy. It's the most important thing. Hashem wants us to be happy. That's how you most connect to Hashem. I bless us. Please, Hashem, may we all have everyone in this room, everyone in this school, every Jew, have simha, have hoda'ah. Right, be able to see, have deviku, true connection to Hashem. Hashem bless everyone with emunah shelema, tachon shelema, irat shamayim. Let us feel your connection. Bless us to continue to stay close to the Torah, to the mitzvot, to have hitboy, to do that personal prayer, to learn Torah, to to, to do tefillah with kavana, chayesit tzedakah. Help us believe in ourselves and love ourselves, and help us find our spouses and have beautiful children, and live good lives. Hashem, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Wow, wow, that was amazing.